back. And, and Dan, the effing man, is back. This guy has made my very own podcast, Outkick Bets with Jeff Clark, sharper just by his mere presence. Took last week off. What were you doing last week? Why did you big time us? No, 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 no. You told me that you had someone else who was much better, had a much better record, and that was who you wanted to feature and that I needed to sit on the sidelines. <laughs> well, that, I'll tell you what, that guy did not say that when he was on our podcast. He, uh, he I, I, would, I would assume that you've been a lot hotter than he has this past year. I'll tell you that. But me too. I mean, you're you're honestly just killing it. It's one of the better streaks I've had a uh, – one of my homies have had in a long time betting the NFL. Yeah, I like to think that it's my handicapping that makes you up your game. I think that's where we're at. Yeah, well, I think I'm now six games above 500 in the Circa Million Contest, which is pretty sweet. Um, actually, no, let me, let me check that. Five games above 500. Um, and I definitely think well, you played a bit of a, a bit of a part in that. That's cute. Five games above 500. I'm 16 <laughs> games above 500. I thought you were higher than that. What's your record nah, tw- again? Tw- 26 and 10. Oh, damn, dude. But that's still cashing at what? It's got to be at least a 67% clip. Yeah, Maybe I, even ju- I, just, I just dropped under. It's got to be around 70 because I was at 75 and then I went 50% last week. So are you going to put this, your 2-2 two and two week 11 on me for big time in you? Yeah, that was your fault for sure. Um, I've yet to have a losing week or an even an even week on the podcast. Um, but because I mean, people are just clamoring for my picks, even though you big timed me last week, and we're like, I got a better guy. I put my picks out on Outkick.com. I wrote an article, had the Giants minus three, which was a disaster. Yeah, me I had too. the Texans plus three, which was also a disaster. And then we got two lucky overs, the Giants-Lions over and the Browns-Bills over, both hit with garbage touchdowns at the end that had no impact on the game whatsoever, but uh, got us to 2-2. Two and two. It was it was an 0-4 week we were staring down the barrel of. Yeah, I had my second straight winning week, went 3-2. and two. Uh, Again, two straight weeks of 3-2. and two. I hit my two best bets. I, I love the Colts. The Colts is actually probably my favorite bet. Maybe my uh, top three favorite bet I made all year in the NFL. I was I was locked in on that game. I sprinkled on the money line, which didn't get there. Probably should have, but I'll I'll definitely take a contest winner. And and I was up some units personally as well. Uh, hit the Chargers very heavy as well. Sprinkled on their money line, didn't get there. As uh, one of the outkick readers um, reminded me of earlier this week, he called the Chargers money line bet uh, a sucker bet, <laughs> which is kind of which is hilarious. I, I just they, repl- only, they only they only led for almost the entire game. <laughs> yeah, I replied to that comment. I never reply to comments, but I replied to that one. I was like, yeah, the Chargers are ahead after the first, second, third quarter, and with a minute twenty nine seconds left. So I don't feel that bad about it, but they got Mahomes. And, you know, that's, I guess it's kind of buyer beware anytime you fade that guy, especially when he's on the road in the division and after November and December. Did you see that graphic they kept showing on Sunday Night Football? This fool is now 25 and 0 in November and December. Yeah, my, my biggest takeaway from that game was that Brandon Staley absolutely has just been broken by the media. I mean, Oh, he he is making decisions that he was not making last year. 
they had a fourth and less than half a yard from like their own 35 and punted. Like Staley does not punt on fourth and less than one ever, but especially in that spot and especially giving it back to the Chiefs, who then, of course, proceeded to drive 95 yards and score a touchdown. But you just don't give up possessions there. And all of the math said to go for it. Staley knew it and he punted anyway. And I I honestly think that the pressure of like the fourth down decisions and all the crap he's gotten, like I think he's I have a. I have a bet with a former colleague about Brandon Staley's job security because I was like, there's no way he's going to get fired. Like, first of all, I think Chargers are going to have a great year. Second of all, I think he's a great coach. But he's coaching like his job is on the line, and that makes me very, very nervous. Yeah, that one play that you're talking about, I'm someone who I prefer the team that I bet on to kick it, actually. Uh, I don't really like when they go for it, but that was one where I was like, I was like talking to my roommates. Like, actually, I actually want him to go for it. Like, I don't, well, I don't, I don't believe they can actually stop Mahomes here. And right. So he said, he said after the game, like, oh, we were playing the field position game. But like, first of all, field position's massively overrated, especially when you're playing like against the Chiefs. What people fail to understand is the hardest yards to gain are the ones the closer you get to the end zone, like when the defense doesn't have to guard as much. So the easiest yards to gain are obviously when you're on your own side of the field. And the Chiefs generally get at least a few first downs and are able to move the ball. Now, granted, on that possession, the Chargers did fail to stop a third and 17. That's a whole separate other thing. But either way, um, the field position part, I I don't like at all because I think it's overrated. And like I said, if the Chiefs – you get the Chiefs the ball at the 35, I mean, yeah, they're probably going to score three at least. But, like, you give the Chiefs the ball anywhere and they're probably going to score three. Like, I bet if you look at the live odds when the Chiefs get the ball, like, result of this drive, I bet punt is, like, plus 400. Right. So like they're expected to score on just about every drive anyway. So that's irrelevant. The other thing he said, which was absolute, which was false, which I couldn't believe it because there's no way Staley didn't know this was we had struggled. (laughs) We had struggled on short yardage plays. They were five of six on third or fourth and one or less in the game. They were not struggling on short yardage plays. Herbert was three for three on QB sneaks on fourth, third or fourth and one or fewer. So that's false. So I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Honestly, like he he's I'm sad to report that he is coaching like a guy who thinks his job is in trouble and that's bad news for me. Yeah, my issue with him, like I can I can understand the aggressiveness. It's it's the inconsistency in the decision making that really makes me question him. You know, and I saw some of that inconsistency flash earlier this season at the end of last season where he stopped going for it in situations where he always went for it. And if it's like, I kind of look at these situations like you have to, you know, you're supposed to decide whether or not you hit on 16 and blackjack, like before you sit at the table, right? It's just like a strategy you have and you don't even think about it. I kind of feel the same way about like going for it, like inside of like fourth and two. It's just like, depends what the dealer's up card is. <laughs> what did I, did I say 16? Maybe 15. I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm like whipping this one out. Yeah. Either way, it sort of matters what the the dealer's showing. But continue. Well, no. If this dealer is showing a, if the, it doesn't matter what the dealer is showing. If you have a six or if you have a sixteen, then you probably shouldn't hit, right? I guess it's a, it's a it's a strategic thing. Depends. I, the way I play it would be I hit if the dealer has a ten, I'm hitting every time because there's more than a fifty percent. No, I think it's like a sixty. 3% chance that they have a 7, 8, 9 or a 10. But if they have a, if they're showing a 7, like 
some of the books will tell you to hit there because 17 has you beat, but there's only people don't understand. Like you, you play blackjack as though the dealer has a 10 card underneath every time. That's just sort of the assumption. The funny thing about that is that there's only a, like a 34% chance that that card is a 10. So yeah, it's the most likely outcome, but it's not, it's like a one in three shot that it's that. So like, Against a seven, I actually usually will not hit 16 because there's a 60% chance that they have nine or fewer under there. And then, you know, you want to make them draw to it. But anyway, that's a, I don't know how we got into a blackjack conversation, but here we are. Yeah, I guess I was talking out of my ass. My point is like, <laughs> I, I understand him always going for it or never going for it. But when you start to try to figure it out on the fly, that's when I just kind of, I, I read it well, as like weakness. No, see, and I think that's wrong too. Like it should be situational. If let's say that same situation comes up and it's fourth and one, you know, fourth and less than one on your own 35 and you're playing the Jets and it's a 3-3 game, punt it. They ain't scoring. But like you have to consider the fact that A, you're playing the Chiefs. So the chances of them scoring is pretty high anyway. You want to keep them on the sideline as much as possible. This is a chance to extend the possession. Like, it matters the opponent. It matters the time left in the game. It matters the score. It does matter how you're doing on those plays, which, by the way, they were doing well. So I, it was a silly, silly argument for him to make after the game. Like, oh, we were struggling on, on you know, short yardage. Like, no, you weren't. That's that's just wrong. So I, it, it should be situational, and I think that was a clear situation where Staley would have gone for it. My biggest question, and whether or not is to your weakness argument, is if they were playing the Chiefs at 1 o'clock on a Sunday, does that change the decision from it being a Sunday night game in front of 20 million people? That's what I would love to know. You think like, you got a little it, shook under the lights? I think it matters. I think it does. When you're coaching for your job, I mean, you got to think about it. Perception is everything. Like these owners are just human beings who like they they succumb to media pressure all the time. So, you know, games that are played on Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, you know, all that, they matter more. Like period. Like for perception. I mean, we talk about it all the time with with what we do with betting, which is like I love fading teams coming off either bad or good primetime performances because that colors the public view more than a, you know, one o'clock Sunday game does. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of the angles that I have. And, and one of the looks that I got on my, on my Thanksgiving Same. slate here. Um, no, I, I mean, what you're saying makes sense. And, and I agree for the most part, um, I guess I, my only thing is like the chargers, front office like they supported anthony lynn for longer than most of the public and most of the media wanted them to so maybe you're right he feels like he's uh, coaching for his job or maybe that's the actual truth but i think based on like the chargers front office track record like they'll they'll, they'll let him run it back i think at least the third season and yeah, I my thought was, and the reason I made the bet was this season would have to be an abject disaster for the for that to happen. And I, I don't see it trending that way. Um, I was texting with this guy who was like, oh, your boy about to drop to five and five with a top five QB. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't expect them to beat the Chiefs. I was actually pleased with how they played. And if you look at their schedule, I still think they have 10 wins quite possibly like their schedule isn't very hard the rest of the way. So. Nine or ten wins are pretty much still up there. I just, I don't know. If if they miss the playoffs, it would it would be a bad look, but I don't think we're in, like, disaster territory. If he won five games this year, maybe you'd have to think about it. But like you said, I mean, the Chargers value, which all organizations should, by the way, like continuity and not turning over your coach. It's be certainly better to keep your coach for as long as you can. So I'm with you. I, I still, like, 
like I said, I, I'm not like terrified that I lost that bet, but you know, I, I'm not. I'm also not psyched to see Staley making some of the decisions which I think are being affected by, you know, either what he perceives to be what people think about him or what ownership thinks about him or whatever it is. Maybe it's the locker room. Maybe they didn't want to go for it. Maybe they went to him and were like, Hey man, you got to stop doing this. Maybe the defense was like, Hey man, like you got to stop putting us in bad spots. I doubt it. I would think most defense would be like, go for it. Hell yeah. If you miss, we'll stop them. Yeah. I would like my defense to feel that way. Yeah. I mean, I, to me, like I always found it weird when someone said, Oh, he doesn't trust his defense because I feel like you can make the argument or when someone goes for it, they don't trust their defense. But I always feel like you make the argument they are putting more trust into them. That's what I told you earlier this year was like, I always felt that way. Like this, I don't, he doesn't trust his defense. Like, are you kidding me? There's a chance his defense is about to have to start on his own third on their own 30. Yeah. How much more trust can you, yeah, how much more trust can you have in a, in, in a defense? If anything, you're not trusting your defense when you punt it away. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't put too much stock into the Chargers' loss last week against the Chiefs. I think their five and five record is actually like a good thing, considering how banged up the receiving receiving core has been. Joey Bosa has been and is sidelined for the season. Oh, has was, been it was for so weeks. brutal, man. Mike Williams finally comes back, makes one great catch, and then he's just done. I know. Nick Keenan Allen had that just I don't know quirky, goofy fumble. Um, it was. I don't know if you if you follow the Chargers at all. It was just your prototypical Chargers primetime letdown loss. I'm just happy. Just they... like just like the one against the Chiefs earlier this year, the game they were about yep. to win, and then Herbert threw a pick six from inside the Chiefs five. I know that's what, they I, should be two and zero against the Chiefs this year. I know that's what had me so fired up about that comment. It was like, what well, sucker bet they were? They should have won. They should have won. They've been two plays away. They, they're two plays away from being two and zero against the Chiefs this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I should have led covered, with this and covered both games, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah, so. they snuck in the back door technically, the first one, but, but it was the right side. Yeah, it was the right side. They also were driving to go ahead inside of the uh, inside of the fourth right. quarter, and then threw a right. ninety nine yard pick six from Casey's end zone. Um, but I should have led with this off the top. Uh, this is going to be a Thanksgiving Day uh, slate only. Outkick bets. We'll uh, come back Friday. Uh, hopefully, I can get you back Friday. Uh, I know you have a pretty busy schedule, but we're going to circle back Friday and give out the rest of our best bets for the Sunday slate. So um, let's just talk about Thanksgiving. Actually, before we talk about Thanksgiving, we shout out the sponsor of this podcast, DraftKings Sportsbook. That's whose odds I use for every um, one of the lines that I bet or give out here in Outkick Bets. You can access DraftKings Sportsbook promotions by going to outkick.com backslash bet. They have um, a promotion where you can bet $5 on any NFL team's money line, and if that team wins, you win $200. You can also uh, do a couple of risk-free bets at Outkick um, or at DraftKings by going to outkick.com backslash bet. The... Um, it's a thousand dollar deposit bonus. Excuse me. You can access through outkick.com backslash bet, or you can get two risk-free bets of up to $2,000 at points bet Sportsbook as an, they're another sponsor. So access those promotions at outkick.com backslash bet. And also shout out to the newest, um, or recent sponsor of the outkick bets podcast, uh, prize picks. Um, prize picks is, 
like daily fantasy sports, but it more caters to sports gamblers. All first-time prize pick users that deposit and use promo code OUTKICK1 can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. You deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100 back. Entries on prize picks can be made in seconds. They offer fast and safe withdrawal. Sign up today. Please use our OUTKICK1 um, promo code for a special welcome bonus. All right, so there's three games in the Thanksgiving Day slate. Obviously, um, the Detroit Lions are one of them. They start the uh, Thursday Thanksgiving Day slate by hosting the Buffalo Bills. Kickoff is at 12.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, Detroit is now a a 9.5 point home underdog. Uh, The total is at 54. Did you lock in a bet for this game by chance? I did. Um, so following me on Thanksgiving is not going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to just warn everyone in advance. Uh, it's going to be a lot of bets that are not a lot of, that are not enjoyable to root for and starts here. So the total for this game is 54, which to me is absolutely insanely high. Um, in fact, there have only been three games this year where the total was 54 points or higher. And two of those games went under and one of them featured the bills. So in a season where like all games have been going under, bookmakers are projecting like an old-fashioned shootout, and I, I don't understand why. Um, Buffalo has one of the league's best defenses, and although we hit the over last week against Cleveland, like we just talked about, the reality was it was a bit lucky. That should have been an under game. So the bill, the Bills have been a heavy under team all season, and part of the reason in my analysis last week on why we went with the over was that the Bills' defense is banged up, and that is still the case. Um, although hopefully defensive end Greg Russo can get back on the field, but I don't think we'll see uh, Tremaine Edmonds, which is a big loss. But Kyrie Elam practiced in full. Jordan Poyer practiced in full. So those guys should be healthy and ready to go. So their secondary is actually much healthier than uh, the mid-level of their defense. Linebacking core is kind of banged up. So what I think that means is more running the ball from Detroit. I think they're going to do everything they can to keep Josh Allen off the field. So I think leaning on both DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, who've both been good this year, that's going to be a huge part of their game plan. And honestly, like the Bills are going to do that too. Detroit's run defense is atrocious. They're allowing over 150 yards per game. The only team that's uh, worse than them at run defense is Houston. And the Bills actually have a top 10 rushing offense, thanks to their quarterback being a weapon in, in that part of the game as well. So although Buffalo is actually the second highest scoring team in the league, scoring 28 points a game, They've gone under seven of their 10 games. And honestly, it should have been eight last week. Um, Detroit has been a, a profitable over team going seven and three to the over, which only Cleveland has a higher over percentage. But I think their numbers are buoyed a bit by the beginning of the year. The Lions averaged 34 point, 35 points excuse me, in their first four before they ran into top-level defenses, which was New England and Dallas. They scored six points combined against New England and Dallas in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, they've scored 31 points in each of the past two weeks, but both the Giants and the Bears, who they played, have below-average defense. The Bears' defense is arguably right around Houston and Detroit's for worst in the league, whereas the Bills' defense is top 10 in the NFL in EPA per play. I expect them to completely shut down the Lions. Buffalo might go up and hang a 30 spot, maybe 35 points, but that still would require Detroit to score 20 to hit the over, and I just don't have Detroit scoring 20 points in this game. Well, why wouldn't you? Because why wouldn't you bet the team total under twenty-one and a half? The Detroit Lions isn't that a better look? Because as you started riffing on your handicap, that's what I instantly thought of. 
Hey, are you trying to tell the twenty six and ten analysts how to bet? Uh, I mean, you don't you don't have that winning rate for your entire life, so you should maybe <laughs> take some sort of pushback or I don't know, just hear other opinions. What do you what do you think of that look? Yeah, it's fine. No, go get it. I, it's fi- I mean, I'm fine with either one. Like, I just don't like. I like. I like uh, creating some cushion with the bill because like Detroit's defense is terrible, but I also think there's a chance that Buffalo might just try to play a super ball control game. They're playing on a short week after, you know, Allen, Josh Allen, the quarterback's a little banged up with the elbow injury. They've got 10 days off after this, their second game in a row in Detroit, which is, you know, a weird quirky scheduling thing. So it's possible this game goes under because Buffalo again, just tries to control the ball. Um, I mean, either one's fine. I would just—I'm just betting low points in this game. Yeah, I'm running a little query on how the Bills do, or how other teams—how many points they score per game when Buffalo is favored um, at least seven or at least a touchdown. It's taken a little bit to load because my internet sucks today. But I actually have a uh, Thanksgiving Day uh, Prize Picks entry three pack going. Um, I've hit these. La- I hit the last two prize picks that I've done, and I'm up ten units on this stuff um, so far this year um, or this month. And um, one of the looks that I that I have here is I'm going anytime touchdown for Devin Singletary. Um, he can score receiving, rushing, or passing. And when I shop around for these um, prize pick legs, I like to compare their lines to like the lines that are available sports books and Singletary actually has the third or fourth best odds of any player to score any an anytime touchdown on Thanksgiving. Um, he's around minus 125 anywhere from minus 125 to minus 150 depending on the books you're looking at. And I do think that the Buffalo Bills um, are going to put a little less pressure on Josh Allen down the stretch here, especially in these games where they're comfortable favorites because they're going to need him to kind of do everything and put the team on the back come playoff time. Um, I think their running metrics or their running efficiency is skewed. Like by the eyeball test, it's really they're not that good of a running team, but just Josh Allen goes nuclear sometimes. But um, Devin Singletary has gotten more and more red zone looks. And I think against a bad defense, a bad red zone defense like Detroit, the Buffalo Bills aren't going to put any unnecessary pressure on on Josh Allen. So um, I'm going to have this as a prize pick entry, but I also like it um, like Devin Singletary to score an anytime touchdown, which let me pull that up right now. TD scores. Devin Singletary is minus 125 at DraftKings to score an anytime touchdown. Um, I think he gets there, and I think I do like the team total under for this game uh, for the the, the Detroit Lions, minus uh, 21 and a half. When the Bills are touchdown favorites or greater since Sean McDermott took over the team in 2017, they're allowing just 14.2 points per game. Um, They've held their opponents under – 21 points and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight of their last nine games favored by a touchdown. Um, and that's all 
Actually, that does date back into last season. But So I'm going to go under Detroit Lions, 21.5 points, and I'm also going to take Devin Singletary anytime touchdown as my, uh, I guess, my two bets here in the Buffalo Bills-Detroit Lions game. Uh, do you have anything else to add to that, or you want to move on to the next game? Nope, I like it. All right, cool. Going to the New York Giants matching up with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are huge 10-point favorites. They've been awesome against the number, especially as big-time favorites um, since hiring Mike McCarthy. However, Dallas just won 11 against the spread in their last 12 Thanksgiving Day games. Um, But I find it really tough to get behind the Giants here considering all their injuries. Uh, John Feliciano, uh, offensive lineman for the for the Giants, is going to miss Sunday or excuse me, miss Thursday. Um, Andrew Thomas missed time with missed practice with a, with an illness. Evan Neal is still sidelined with injury. They lost wide receiver Wandale Robinson for the year. I think the Giants' best player, Adoree Jackson, uh, I think he's the best player. He's not gonna he's not gonna be on the field for the New York Giants. So it's tough for me to, to to back my Giants, especially after they got their asses kicked last week, and um, I embarrassingly back them. But <laughs> what are you uh, what are you looking at in this game? Yeah, all of a sudden I am uh, second guessing everything I thought I knew. Um, so I'm on the Giants here plus the ten, um, but now I'm nervous because I just looked and. Despite the fact that 61% of the bets and 56% of the handle are on the Giants, according to Visa, and this spread is moving towards Dallas, um, which is never a good sign. The injuries you just mentioned are pretty terrifying, but, you know, the big thing with me, like, I love to fade recency, and... You just couldn't get a game that was better suited for that than what we have here. The Cowboys went in and demolished an 8-1 and Vikings team, 40-3, to beat the absolute piss out of them. The Giants, as we've talked about several times now, got run over by Detroit, who, for all intents and purposes, stinks. But I'm back on the Giants this week. Uh, even though I took an L last week, I think uh, Jones and the Giants' offense was heavily affected by the wind, and once Detroit knew that he wasn't going to be able to move the ball downfield at all, they just stacked the box against Saquon Barkley. Because Detroit's run defense is terrible, and yet the Giants couldn't do anything on the ground. And I think that was just totally based on the strategy they employed. So I think the game being played indoors in Dallas is is certainly uh, beneficial to the Giants. Plus, Mika Parsons, who is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, was hurt on Sunday. And they say he's going to play, but he's got knee and ankle injuries. And this is a quick turnaround. So, you know, you get Mika Parsons, not 100%, short rest. That's a huge, huge impact on the entire Cowboys defense because he drives everything by creating pressure. That's what allows guys like Trayvon Diggs to get the interceptions that he gets a lot of times because Diggs is a big uh, risk-reward guy, but he also knows quarterbacks are under a lot of pressure with with Parsons back there. Um, and the Giants offense has actually been better than Dallas's this year, according to EPA per play, which is good because New York's defense is just clearly not as good as, as Dallas. But if you look at, as we talked about before, Ben Baldwin's um, – you know, EPA per play tiers, the Giants are only one tier below Dallas. Um, And other games that feature a one tier separation between two teams are Patriots Vikings, the spreads two and a half Bengals Titans, the spreads one and a half Panthers Broncos two, Browns Bucks, three and a half Seahawks Raiders, three and a half. 
And the Giants are 10-point underdogs. Three times the spread of any other game between two teams who are just one tier apart. This uh, The spread was seven in the preseason. It was seven prior to last week. Dallas smoked Minnesota, Detroit stomps New York, and now all of a sudden, you know, we're adding three points to that. Uh, I think there's way too much recency bias here, and I I can't imagine giving up. I can't imagine backing Dallas to giving 10 points in a divisional game on a Thursday on a short week. I just everything says Giants, but I am nervous about the things you mentioned. I will I will admit that. Yeah, I mean, you're not much of a trends player, are you? Like, you don't really factor that in your analysis very often, if I can no, not recall. A, not, a, not a ton. In the one week I did, it was Dallas. It was two weeks ago, and they cost me a four and a week because they did not cover against Green Bay. Oh, that's right. Um, well, I remember last season taking the um, – bet, betting the Las Vegas Raiders at – the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And to me, that game going into it felt like even bleaker than this one. Um, you know, the, the, hold on, let me find the spread. Uh, the Raiders beat the, uh, Cowboys 36, 33 Cowboys were seven and a half point favorites, 10 point favorites in this spot. Um, Obviously, the the Giants were a lot more banged up in this game than the Raiders were last game. But the Raiders put it on Dallas, and it really didn't make any sense at that time. Dallas was seven and three entering that game. They're seven and three entering this game as well, right? Um, and just Vegas like kind of beat the shit out of them. Really, they had five more first downs, thirteen more minutes of ball possession. Uh, both teams. They combined for 28 penalties. So I kind of like to use a little recall uh, when making some bets here or there. Um, I, I did. Uh, I used a little recall when making a bet in the Vikings-Patriots game, which we'll talk about, obviously, here in a second. But I just feel like the, the Cowboys, for whatever reason, they typically underperform in Thanksgiving and uh, not even as like a Giants homer. But if I had to play any side of it, it would just be to take the points even though Dallas just kills it against the spread as big favorites lately. Um, the look that I do have, I also published this to outkick.com, but it has a prize picks leg. I went over Daniel Jones, 190 and a half passing yards, which is a much uh, better price than what DraftKings is offering. DraftKings currently has Daniel Jones's passing prop as a 198 and a half. Um, so those eight yards do make a big difference, especially um, when looking at like the trends or or how Daniel Jones does against this number. But um, Daniel Jones has went has thrown for at least 196 yards in seven of his last ten losses, and I am very nervous that the Giants get the crap beaten out of him because of the injuries. So if the Giants if the Giants are behind, like obviously. Um, that's kind of position you want uh, uh, the quarterback you're betting to be in if you're taking them to go over their passing prop, right? So they can go over in, in garbage time. Um, also, Daniel Jones is thrown for at least 196 yards in four of his five career starts against the Cowboys. Uh, the only the only time he passed for fewer than 196 yards, he played less than half the game because of an injury. So 
Um, I am nervous the Cowboys can get out in front of the Giants, even though the Giants plus the points is the only way I'd play it just because of Dallas's recent history in Thanksgiving. But I do think over uh, Daniel Jones passing yards is, is, a, is a my favorite look in the game. Um, just because I do anticipate the Giants playing from behind. Uh, but that's all I got in that game. Well, you got anything else to tie it down? No, I, I was going to – I flirted with going all totals, but I thought about going over for that game, to be honest, just because, again, the Giants' defense isn't that great. Their offense is a little better than people think, and if Mika Parsons isn't at 100%, but I don't know. I just feel better about a divisional game on a Thursday – Staying within 10 points. Hey, I don't hate that idea. Um, let's go to the, the the final of the Thanksgiving Day triple header. Um, I'm actually going to submit my Circa contest picks early this week. You have to submit them all at one time. And I really like the Vikings in this spot. And I consume a lot of like NFL gambling media. And most people are on the Patriots, it feels like. So I feel like it's kind of a fake sharp play. I mean, it depends if it wins. It's not fake sharp if it wins. But everyone's saying the exact same stuff, right? It's Kirk Cousins in prime time versus a Bill Belichick defense, which, of course, has me nervous, right? Like, Yeah, you don't want me to give you Kirk Cousins Thursday stats because they are not pretty. Oh, really? I only looked at his prime oh, time bad. stats. Are they worse? Thursday, <laughs> Thursday and give Monday. Me. Give them to me. Just lay, just lay it I, on I me. To- I have to look at. I have to get it, but I know I did a I did a piece on him earlier this year, and it's I'll, I'll get it here in a second, but it's it's bad. <laughs> All right, well, I, as I titled my article, we're living kind of dangerously betting the Colts and uh, Kirk Cousins on prime time, but the 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 end all be all of this handicap for me is just how bad Mac Jones is, right? Like the Bill Belichick and the Patriots are on a three game winning streak. They beat Zach Wilson twice they beat Zam Sam Ellinger in Frank Reich's final game as the Colts head coach that's what makes up their three wins right so their defense looks a little bit better than it actually is the defense is still sick um but if they have a one weakness it's in the rushing game now again it was easy for the Patriots to just defend the, the Jets in two games and the Colts because they have terrible quarterbacks. But Kirk Cousins, for as much as I dislike him, he's much better than the stiffs that the Jets or that the Patriots have beaten up on recently. He can he can make some throws and um New England's rush defense from weeks one to eight prior to their current three game winning streak was Twentieth in expected points added per play on in rushing defense and thirty first in rushing success rate, and how I kind of filtered that or or consumed that information previously was I think it's just the Patriots system. I think they're kind of daring teams to throw it and giving up the run, and I think they're going to do that even more so with Kirk Cousins. However, I think the new head coach of the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell is going to learn from what he saw in week two where the Minnesota Vikings laid a complete egg against the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. And I think he's going to put the ball or uh, rely on Dalvin Cook a lot in this game considering New England's weak part of their defense is their rushing defense. Um, But Mac Jones, 
is 36 out of 39 quarterbacks um, in PFF grade. He's got the second worst QBR in the league. And the Patriots are possibly going to be without starting center. David Andrews is one of the best centers in the NFL. Um, and NFL sports bettors or professional NFL sports bettors consider the center the second most important position to the betting line um, in football. So if David Andrews doesn't play here, I just don't think Mac Jones does anything. And I think this line is all based on Kirk Cousins struggling in primetime and Bill Belichick's defense, which again is beating up on bad quarterbacks, but Kirk Cousins is not nearly that bad. And I just don't think Bill Belichick can continue to make up for a terrible Mac Jones who might not even be the best quarterback on his own team. So I'm just going to lay it with the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go the under here again. As I mentioned at the beginning, this is not going to be a fun day of rooting for me, rooting against points, rooting for the Giants to keep it within 10, rooting for another under. But the Patriots defense is really, really good, like best in the NFL good. They are nearly 0.05 EPA per play better than the next best defense. Like everyone's somewhere between like minus 0.1 and minus and plus 0.1. And they are at minus one, minus fifteen. Oh, I know it's giving out numbers on a podcast is so stupid. This looks so much better in my article, um, but just trust <laughs> me. Like their defense is is quite a bit better than everyone else. And you know, despite their eight and two record, the Vikings are pretty much an average NFL team. Like they're exactly even on defense and just actually below average on offense. And the Patriots' offense, as you just talked about, is is quite bad actually it ranks about the same as the broncos jets commanders and steelers yeah so not great company like look at the other quarterbacks that they are matched up with you know zach wilson taylor heineke kenny pickett and this year's version of russell wilson so we're getting the league's best defense and a bottom 10 offense against a bottom half offense and a top half defense and the total is over 40 um and i really think it's just Back to what we talked about, like people like to bet overs because it's more fun to bet overs. Who wants to root against scoring? And I think this becomes especially true in island games, and it gets even ratcheted up another notch when you're talking about Thanksgiving. Like what else is there to do Thanksgiving night? You're going to be watching NFL football. There's only one game on. You're watching it with friends and family. You want to pull for points. You don't want to be the guy who's cursing when touchdowns are scored. It's like being the guy who bets the don't pass line and craps. But guess what? Like that's what we're going to do. But here's a tip for everyone out there. When you bet the don't pass line and it hits, celebrate internally. Don't shout it out or rub it in people's faces. When the Patriots line up to punt for the seventh time and the game is still mid-third quarter, just be quiet and happy that you're on the right side. When replay shows that the runner was down short of the end zone on fourth and goal, don't scream, his knee's down, it's down! Just politely remark, hey, that's close, that could go either way. With that, I just want everyone to enjoy the holidays. I wish everyone good luck. And uh, I'm on a super boring bet Thanksgiving Day slate of unders and the Giants. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah. Um, well, going back to an earlier point or a point that you often make is betting teams after embarrassing losses. And do you think there could be some recency bias in this number? In? Well, the, the Vikings only being two and a half total? point favorites. Oh, no, you're no, talking no, no. about I'm talking about, I'm going your back side. To my, yeah, going back to my side. I'm oh, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, you buttoned up your side beautifully, or your pick we're back beautifully. To focusing, we're back to focing on you. Okay. Oh, you know, uh, top kick pass with Jeff Clark. I don't know. 
Well, honestly, the recency bias is crazy here on my side because the Patriots scored 10 points last week and seven of them came on a punt return in the final 10 seconds and the Vikings scored three. I'm shocked this line isn't like 38, to be honest. Um, But as far as what you're talking about, yeah, I mean, the problem is like how much recency bias is there for the Patriots? Like they didn't look very good. And yeah, they beat the Jets, but it just... This wasn't a very good win, so I don't know. I, I think they kind of cancel out a little bit, whereas like on the Giants-Cowboys one, for example, you've got both teams going in opposite directions. And this one, you kind of have, like like I said, the Patriots won, but it was not a, not a good win. So I don't know how much benefit you're getting there. Yeah, but my thought is the Vikings, this has to be a buy-low spot for them because they've gotten embarrassed in their two biggest games of the year. And last week was was really bad. Um, where they lost 40-3. to three. I think we get a bounce-back effort out of their defense, especially beating up on a pretty hapless Mac Jones. So, And also, like, everyone considered the Vikings worse than their record, and they got some confirmation bias by the Cowboys just beating the shit out of them. So, I don't know. I know it's kind of scary, but I'm going to just lay the two and a half with the Vikings on Thursday night. It's not terrible. I, w- I would have expected this to be a pick'em game, if I'm being honest. So the fact that the Vikings are even still the favorite makes me think that uh, there's a reason for it. Man, I, I I guess I'm just I think Mac Jones is a bigger anchor than I guess the market does. Like I think he's he's terrible, and there's honestly there's a very little chance, even though the Patriots are in the playoff. Uh, the seven seed right now, I don't think they can make the playoffs with this guy as a starter. Like, it's all smoke and mirrors. They did it last year, right? But I do think the AFC is a little better this year. Um, and I think the Chargers run them down. Um, and I, I'm just not – I'm looking to fade Mac Jones, especially in his, in a primetime game, which he – I don't think he's ever shown much in primetime, so – that's where I'm at here. That's that's a that's a bold statement. What what is? I'm fading Mac Jones in prime time and taking Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so yeah. it's a bold direction to go. I know, I know it is, but hey, fortune favors a bull, at least according to Matt Damon when he's uh peddling Coinbase. Mac Jones has only played one Thursday game in his career and he won. He went twenty two for twenty six and uh had a 97 passer rating and they won the game. Who do so they beat? I don't actually he's 2 and 1 2 and 1 in primetime games according or at least in I'm sorry, Monday or Thursday games he's 2 and 1. Late games he's 2 and 3 in late games though, so probably struggles on Sunday night football. Yeah, didn't they well, lose to the Buccaneers last year? That was one of them. And then they lost I'll have know. to figure out what game. Well, who they beat? This doesn't Sorry. really matter from my perspective just because I already oh, placed the bet and they, locked it in, you know? <laughs> they sh- they shut out Atlanta 25 nothing, so never mind. Oh, yeah. That was the Matt Ryan Atlanta Falcons? Carry on. Come on. No one counts that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And the other look that I have in this game, um, it's also a prize pick look, but I, I, would, I would play this on DraftKings. It's over Dalvin Cook, 73.5 rushing yards. Um, he's went over this number in seven of his 10 games this year. Um, he's got, he's averaging six most rushing yards per game, fourth most yards per rush. And again, 
I do think they're going to try to um, avoid Kirk Cousins blowing the game, so they're going to give the ball to, to Dalvin Cook. And I think New England's rushing defense is significantly overrated. So that's what I'm on. So I know you. I know Prize Picks is doing that awesome promo where you just need Justin Jefferson to get one receiving yard, um, which is great. But I actually believe that Justin Jefferson, like his actual prop total, if you bet it on like DraftKings, is 88 and a half. And I think there's the sentiment that Bill Belichick is going to take away Justin Jefferson because that's what he does. He takes away your best player. But listening to Belichick talk in his press conference, like I think he's got a lot of respect for a lot of the players on this Minnesota offense, like Dalvin Cook. I Belichick loves big tight ends too. Like I think he's legit worried about TJ Hawkinson. I don't know that there's going to be like this crazy impetus to stop Justin Jefferson. And Belichick even mentioned how they move him around the formation. Like he's not going to completely tailor his defensive game plan to Justin Jefferson and let Dalvin Cook and TJ Hawkinson run all over them. So I'm not convinced that this is like a fade Justin Jefferson spot like everyone else's. I'm not saying I'm definitely going to jump on this 88 and a half over. But for all of you who are like, oh, I'm going to lay that under without thinking about it because Bel- there's no way Belichick and the Patriots give that up. I don't like that bet. I really don't. I hear you. But like it also does correlate with your under for the game. Yeah. Not necessarily. I'm more betting on the defense is stepping up in the red zone. Like yards, the, the like we talked about earlier when it comes to like yards that matter and yards that don't, like Jefferson can eat in the middle of the field, which by the way, Belichick will allow him to do. Again, the goal is to stop them from scoring touchdowns. So like he's yeah. going to have some 10, 15, 20 yard catches in his own end. And it's like, just don't let him score. Don't let him turn that 20 yard catch into 70 and, and a tutter. Like that's the goal here. So that's what Belichick more focuses on. Like let's stop the big play. Let's not. Let's not press him at the line to stop him from getting a 10-yard catch and allow him to beat us deep. So I think there'll be some underneath stuff. I think, you know, and Justin Jefferson's Justin Jefferson, ball in his hands. Um, I think he'll get his. I think he'll be able to, to get to 90 yards receiving, and I don't think it necessarily crushes my bet. No, I like I, I like your logic on that, and it actually kind of makes me more nervous about the Dalvin Cook thing. And it is something I considered when writing up this handicap. It's like, how does Belichick feel? Like, does he, would he rather just take away the run game and force Kirk Cousins to beat him through the air? That makes as much sense as taking away Kirk Cousins' number one uh, target in Justin Jefferson. Honestly, it could play out either way. So uh, I would say the Dalvin Cook uh, rushing prop is more of a coin flip than necessarily my analysis made it out to be. But um, I did lock in the bet and. Um, I, I do stand behind my analysis that the New England rushing defense is overrated. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully I have a profitable Thanksgiving. What's your best bet on your Thanksgiving slip? You always try to make me do this and I refuse because all my best all my bets are best bets. And every time I label one, it becomes a loser. So I'm not doing it. Stop That's trying right. to lure me into your traps. And you parlay them all too. So they're all pretty equal. I do love to parlay. I like the big wins. I can't help it, man. I chase the dragon. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we'll circle back and we'll give out our uh, week 12 uh, best bets Friday. But have a, th- have, a, have a happy Thanksgiving to all the listeners out there. Hopefully you guys make some money, whether you fade or follow us. Uh, where can they follow your stuff, Dan? On Twitter, at OutkickDanZ. Getting a lot of hate lately for a column I posted about the U.S. soccer coach, so go check that out, too. 
Oh yeah. You went viral and I'm very jealous of it. <laughs> I'm very jealous you went viral for effectively trolling soccer stuff. Not so much soccer as more of it was like anti American, but just like you getting into arguments on Twitter with huge soccer fans is really it's my favorite and I I'm very jealous. Soccer fans are real mad and yeah. it's it's pretty funny to me. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. But, uh, but I'm a sarcastic asshole, so like you know, they hit me up, and instead of like replying with something reasonable, I just make fun of them. I love it. I love your and tactic. A couple other outkick guys, uh, AA as we call them, Alejandro Avila and uh, Anthony Ferris, they started making fun of some of the guys who were coming at me, and it was it's just glorious. My Twitter <laughs> mentions are a fun place right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, hey. Best of luck to you, homies, and we'll talk to you guys in a couple days. Peace.